When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Yeah, part two of Rugby League's homecoming is underway this week with the Warriors back in front of their passionate fans at Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday. Sold out is, man, that's going to be awesome. We all know the sacrifices the Warriors have made to keep their narrow going and goodwill. Have they showed plenty? Goodwill? I think so. And this is what we need to do when they come back this weekend. The fans there support this uh, club in this game that Stacey Jones comes back and hopefully gets his win on home, on his homecoming and we've got Cam George with us on the phone this morning. Cam George, morning. Morning boys, how are we? Mate, you're still in the studio there? Or have you have, have you made it back to the car? No, no, in the car on the way to <laughs> our the... home at Smart. And, um, no, looking forward to a big day ahead. Mate, what's it felt like um, being back in New Zealand with all the boys and, and setting up back up at the club? Does it feel a bit weird? Yeah, very weird. Very weird. Stacey and I flew back last week and um, it's just a crazy feeling, Campy, and and special one, though. Um, it's just re- really great to reconnect with the staff. Uh, you can feel a buzz around the place now. The players got in last night. Sean Johnson, Torhu, they've been training over the weekend and we're in yesterday with all the international guys doing a flush run and you can just sense it, smell it, you know. We're back home and it's great, as you well know what it's like. Yeah, the, that, that connection, Cam, um, not only that the, the team get when they, they touch back down and, and, and stand on the Fenua, but that connection to the, to the fans and the base, uh, you must have plenty of people sending in messages looking forward to, to watching this game on the weekend. Yeah, there's there's a real, um, I think, a sense of both relief and, 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 and passion from our fans. A relief that we're, we're home, they get to go to a game of footy, and, and passion that they, they just want to cheer loud and proud. And, and, you know, you've been around the club for a long time, mate, and, and you know how great our fan base is. And just having the mad butcher, you know, calling in, you know, three times yesterday and, and being about, you know, that's what it's about, our footy club. And, and, and this Sunday we get to genuinely reconnect with... Um, 
you know, with everyone at the stadium in front of 27,000. Hey, Cam, uh, obviously sold out, so you've got faithful um, fans, you know, they've, they've stuck through with thick, through thick and thin. How, how are you as, as a club, how are you going to make sure those connections are, are real and they're genuine throughout the week? Are you going to get out to some of the clubs around, around Auckland, do some promotional work? We're a bit restricted in, in what we can do with the protocols in place still. Um, whilst we're, you know, obviously allowed to travel over here, uh, the engagement factors are, are pretty pretty tough on us, um, like all clubs. But on Saturday, we've got an open captain's run. Um, so that allows the fans to come and sit in the stands and uh, obviously can't get on the field with the players. But, um, look, as time goes on, we're back in two weeks and, and, th- and another two games after that. Um, we'll be hopefully being more relaxed and we can get out and about and really engage with everyone then for sure. Hey, Cam, let's, uh, let's start getting into some, some, some questions that a lot of our fans will, are wanting answered. Um, you know, you've, you've had, a, I guess, a pretty torrid time over the last month. You've lost a coach, you've lost a number of players uh, and it just came through that uh, Wolf up in uh, St Helens turned down a conversation with Mark Robinson. Have you signed... There's, there's a rumour that you may have already signed a coach. Have you signed Madge Maguire? No. <laughs> no, no. I uh, haven't even spoken to Madge Maguire. Uh, not about the job um, mm. at all. Uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, Mark was up in um, England for business. It wasn't a dedicated trip for that. Um, whilst he was there, we took the opportunity to to meet up with Christian Wolf to understand what his plans were because he is moving back. And um, the decision for him was that he wanted to move back to Australia. We didn't put a deal to Christian at all, uh, but we, we thought we'd seize the opportunity while Mark was in the country. Uh, look, we're, we're still working through that. We're doing a number of profiling on different people, having a few discussions, and um, well, Mark flies into the country today, so um, we'll catch up and debrief on that. And mm. um, we're pretty keen to get a get a solution um, in the near future. Mate, uh, Cammy, are you a little bit worried that maybe um, people are a little bit put off, maybe coming to the Warriors and being a part of the club with maybe what's you know transpired over the last year? No, no, not at all. Like, who are we talking about? We're talking about, you know, Brownie. You know, if we if we get real about the situation there, you know, he signed up two years ago, and for all intents and purposes, his family were moving to New Zealand at that point. And, you know, two years is a long time in teenagers' lives. Um, I don't have a teenager, but, you know, they get more entrenched in their schooling and so on and so on. And, and it just his family just found it hard to then leave after two years um, of living in Australia again. And um, so that was his reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ewan Aiken was the other one. Um, look, Ewan's got very personal circumstances I'm not going to go into, but um, we fully support those. But at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is, whether it's our club or another industry. People can move, people can't move, and circumstances change. Um, we've just got to roll with those. But we have no worries about, um, you know, people coming to the club. Look at all of our signings for next year. They're all very excited. Um, they can't wait to be here in New Zealand, which is a great place to live. Hopefully that's it. Um one of those players you told us that was wearing the upside number nine cam. I thought it was Dylan Brown, but we've still we still haven't seen that signing. I just want to go back to Mark Robinson um, and just what uh, what is sort of transpiring out there in the press and and what everyone's seen. Do you, do you worry that the outside view of Mark Robinson is putting uh, people off, like people coming to the club and and what's your role in this cam? Like 
you being the CEO of the club, people want to hear your voice um, all the time. How's that working? Yeah, it works well. I think it's unfair on Mark. Mark, Mark at the end of the day, uh, I can promise you and I'll guarantee you that there wouldn't have been any other club that would have survived what we survived in the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've all had their challenges themselves. They've had changeover of board directors and boards and CEOs and whatever it be. Mark is stuck solid. He's passionate. He's guaranteeing our future. He's investing in it. Um, and he's a terrific leader. Um, you know, Mark is great for our footy club, and I can promise you that. Um, my role in the whole thing is to, is to keep going to work every day passionately and commitment was to build a club to win footy games and win premierships. That's who we're about. And have we got it right yet? No, we haven't. Will we get it right in the future? We're going to bloody work hard to do it to do that. And we've got the right people wrapped around the club. We just need to get home, get settled, get stable, and get stuck into the hard work. So um, I really believe in Mark's vision and commitment to the club. Yeah. Look, look I'm, not, I'm not questioning his commitment to the club, but do you have full jurisdiction, uh, jurisdiction to, to run the club? Because what, I, what I'm saying is, with, with, the, with the dual voices, I think it's actually hurting the club. And do you have that full jurisdiction to pick that up and run the club as CEO? Yeah, absolutely. Mark, Mark doesn't get involved in the day-to-day stuff. Absolutely not. Um, you know, things that he's been involved with are... You know, decisions that uh, you know, most owners or boards would be involved in, but day to day, honestly, it's it's easy. It's uh, we talk pretty well once or twice a day. Uh, that's our that's our relationship. But at the end of the day, he lets me get on with the club and run it the way I want to run it, and um, he supports that. All right, Cam. Have you, have you got any more signings that are coming up shortly that maybe go wow? No, nah, we're just focusing on the coach now, mate. Um, okay. We've only got uh, one or two spots for next year, but, um, yeah, we're just focusing on the coach at this point. Uh, just on next year, what does that look like for the club? Are, are you back home for a full season? Is it back to normal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're home at the end of this season permanently in terms of living-wise and, yep. and working-wise. We've got the World Cup um, on at the end of the year, so a number of players will take off over and... and, and um, they represent the countries, and and then we'll be back into it here next year. Um, you know, we're working with the NRL about trying to get some some good things happening here. I know they want to put rugby league back on the map in New Zealand, and I think they've got some announcements over the next week or two with uh, the All Stars and so on. So that could be very exciting for everyone. Hey Cam, there's been talk of uh, just a second franchise going to Perth. Uh, what are your thoughts of a second franchise and whether it be successful in New Zealand? I think they've got to get the first one right, mate. Um, the 17th team. I think there's a lot of um, you know a lot of bumps in the road that have been exposed here, and um, you know uh, they've got to get that right. And I, I understand, and I'm only what I read in here um, that even Redcliffe are now reaching out to the NRL about trying to get dispensation for certain certain aspects of the rules. So. Um, the 18th team, I don't think they should even be bothered with that until they get this one right and then work on where the best place is for the next one if they go there. Yeah, nice. It's a, yeah, it's going to... Well, the Dolphins, they're struggling to sign players. You've got to wonder how they're going to go next year. Hey, moving on to this weekend, Cam, it's a honestly a fantastic occasion when you get uh, twenty-seven to 30,000 people packed into Mount Smart. We saw the Sea of Red there against the Kiwis on the weekend. What can the fans expect this weekend? <laughs> 
Yeah, look, it's going to be a, an emotional field and charged day, uh, mm. both on and off the field. Uh, there's going to be some history-making moments uh, for our footy club. Um, there's going to be some moments from our history replicated. You know, we're coming out of the tunnel this week, which will be something special, and um, the boys are really looking forward to that. Uh, we've got Dave Dobbin playing. Uh, we've got a myriad of other, you know, things happening on and off the field, and you know, at four o'clock when we kick that ball off, it's going to be a special time for our footy team to really put the best performance they have all year in front of this such big, vocal and proud crowd. That's awesome. And SENZ are doing their part too. This Friday, uh, Cam, which I'm pretty sure you know about, we're at Sky City. So if anyone wants to come down, welcome the Warriors home. We're hoping to have a player. We've got a, a lot of guests there talking about it and pumping up the game on Sunday. Just want to say thank you for coming on this morning, Cam, answering the hard questions yep. and wishing you all the best for the weekend. Uh, I know that I'm looking forward to it, coming to call it for SENZ, and uh, we hope they'll get their win against West Tigers. Thanks, Cam. No worries, Cam. Looking forward to having a beer with you later in the week, mate. Yeah, good yeah. man. Give us a call. Hey, Still hey, waiting. Hey, Cam. Cam, just sort of quickly ask you. Are yeah, you doing all good, mate? You doing all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mate, I'm going good. It's it's just, it's been really hectic. There's so many yeah. balls in there. I said to my partner last night, we just need two or three to, to land. And um, yeah. I just want this club to be great. It's not from trying. We've just got to get a bit of luck somewhere. And, uh, hopefully that comes. But... Your support helps, boys. Let's get on with it. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Just want to yeah, make sure you're doing all good. Tough job you're in. Well done. Keep it up. Keep it up, mate. Thanks very much. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, nice. Nice uh, having Cam jumping out like, mate, busy week for him this week coming home. Everyone wants their 10 cents uh, and their 10 seconds with, with Cam George, especially to ask him those questions. So um, I hope we, we got a few answers for him, for our listeners. Mm. Uh, for me, mate, Toughest job on the planet at the moment. It's tough. And hey, look, I just think of, um, you know, Mike King. <laughs> like it's a tough gig he's in. And a lot of this thing going on in the background, mate, you'd be doing it pretty tough. And it is a tough industry he's in. So just wanted to ask that question, see, see if he's doing all right. Nice, nice touch. <laughs> nice touch. And you actually got a little bit of vulnerability there from Cam. Just, mm. yeah, as he said, he just know, wants you, the club to do you, well. Like and everyone. You, you go home and you can't, you can't leave this job at the door. And he's thinking at night, gee, I just want this to pan out or can we just get a coach? Can we just get a win to take a bit of pressure off? And I think one thing that I noticed, Kempe, is he is, and we did know this, but he is he is really committed to Mark Robinson as a CEO. He, oh, 100%. He is, he is, and if it's a fault, or if it, you can't fault him for being at least committed to the one direction. At least they're rowing in the same direction. Whether it's the right direction, that's up for debate, but at least he is all in on Mark Robinson. Mm. Oh, look, I think we're talking we're talking apples and oranges um, in that conversation. There, I, I didn't say that Mark Robinson's support uh, was lacking. I was saying who fronts the club. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it can hurt the club, and it mm. looks like that on the on the um, on the outside. So. You know, he's, for for Robbo to be doing this and supporting New Zealand Rugby League, hey, they're not the only ones that want the club to be successful. Yeah. You know, rugby league in this country, for rugby league to be successful and anyone with a brain will tell you the Warriors winning and winning consistently and going to finals makes rugby league successful across the board in this country from our districts down through our clubs. So we all want them to win. What we want it to be done is in a really professional manner and rugby league portrayed in, a, I, I guess, in especially the way that it's being played out in a lot better um, way that it has at the moment. And those were the questions that we're trying to ask Cam George then.
Yep, bang on, Kimpy. We're going to talk about a sport that I'm absolutely horrible at. I've been out twice and I <laughs> sunk both times. A bit of surfing, New Zealand surfing is firmly on the map at the minute, especially thanks to Taranaki veteran Paige Harab turning in one of the performances of her career at the qualifying series event in Indo, the NIAS Pro. It was a dreamy conditions as Paige's backhand was on fire in the final as she defeated Alan McCaffrey. Ben Kennings is surfing New Zealand CEO and would have been watching with so much pride. He's on the phone right now. Morning, Ben. Morning, Izzy. How are you? Morning, Tony. Hey, morning, Ben. Very, very good, mate. Great to have you on the show. Can you put into context what this done for, for Paige's career at the moment? Pretty pretty awesome performance she put on. Yeah, amazing performances. Mm. Probably a couple of things. One, it, it, she gets good points towards qualification for next year, so that's awesome. Yep. But as much as anything, I think it was the way she surfed and the scores that she got were so impressive, and I, I think that's what's going to give her the most confidence um, going into the later half of this year. Yeah, what a what a right hand, eh, Ben? You know, surfing Nears for a, for a QS, that's... Oh, awesome! Um, you know, wish you yeah. wish you wish you were a coach so you could surf on the off days. Hey, um, just just where is she on the on the points table? It was a, it was a five thousand, so she got plenty there. Um, and the other thing I want to ask, Ben, this new system we're talking about it here in the studio, where they're going down to the last five people locking themselves in the last five. Can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, so surfing now has three tiers. So you have a. Um, Qualification series, which mm. Paige was in at NIAS, so she's currently leading that. You do well enough in that throughout the year, you get into the Challenger series. Uh, Paige is in that for 2022. She's going to South Africa next week. Um, do well enough in that series. You get onto the World Tour. That's the one that's on Sky TV. Um, all the top surfers are in. Uh, you get onto that tour, you've got to make a mid-year cut, and then there's a final event at the end of the year, which is the top five men and top five women. So... It's a long road. It's kind of hard to understand, but mm. the idea was that the athletes wanted to have a final day where the world champion was going to be determined other than compete all year and have the points based um, across 12 events, similar to Formula One. It, but they wanted to crown someone. You, you think uh, So was it athletes that pushed for this? Because I got a sense that uh, the athletes were quite heartbroken when I was watching some of the footage throughout the year when they were missing cuts, or that's just obviously disappointment. But, yeah, was it the athletes that were behind this? It, no, the mid-year cut, I don't think it was. Oh. I think that's come from higher up. But mm. um, from what I've read, they said that, that all the athletes wanted to be crowned by surfing in one final heat of the year and it was basically a winner takes all across it's three three heats so you get basically first and second and they get to have three heats best of three and um the winner takes all so that, that was kind of where they wanted to go and well that's how they painted it anyway yeah mate we just where are we um in the stakes of competing on uh the qs like so there's so there's three tiers in the men's and the women's like Paige, just so happy for her uh, trying to work her way back onto that world tour. Um, but where are we as far as other participants in the men's and the women's? Yes, yeah, so for the, um, the women's, we have Paige, obviously, and uh, Safi Vetti, who are chasing it this year. Mm. Uh, we have a few younger girls coming up. Ella's taken a year off after the Olympics, Ella Williams. Yeah. Um, in the guys, we have Billy Stearman, who is currently second on the Australasian rankings, and he's also part of the Challenger Series, which is heading to South Africa this Sunday. Um, so Billy 
and Kehu are our two main athletes there. And then we have several um, young guys that are also on the qualifying series. So Daniel Farr from Taranaki, mm. he was in Nias. Uh, from memory, I think he got 17th. Uh, and then uh, Levi Stewart and a few younger guys under those two. Mate, are you happy with uh, the kind of depth that we're, we're creating in New Zealand? Is surfing New Zealand in, in a nice wee spot. We've got some awesome waves here. And I was lucky enough to, to live in, oh, my wife's from Gizzy, so I've hung out with a lot of the Quinn boys and Bobby Hanson, Ricardo. So I've, I've grown up watching these lads. But are you happy where, it, where we're at at, at the moment with New Zealand surfing? Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got a lot of talent there mm. that are probably getting towards the end of their careers, like Paige or Billy, both in their early 30s. Um, Ricardo's talking about coming back for the World Surfing Games this year in September. Is he? Which is a, yeah, Olympic qualification event, so he wants to try and qualify for the New Zealand team. Um, under that, we have some really great talent, uh, the likes of Ava Henderson out of Christchurch, amazing young surfer. We just had... 12 athletes go over to the World Junior Champs in El Salvador um, at the start of this month and or the end of last month and um, they got 13th overall out of about 40 countries so it's probably indicative of where we're at we have some really good talent we don't have a massive pool of um, top talent like the Australians or the Americans Hey Ben, there's talk of a wave pool coming to New Zealand um, and possibly being set up up here in Auckland, what would that do if that actually happened for New Zealand surfing? Oh, look, the wave pool is amazing, I think, um, for, I guess, two, two sides of it. One, the learning side of it and people not being able to get to the beach. Um, you know, a lot of our data shows that the majority of surfers live within five kilometres of the beach. That's not possible in Auckland, right? So mm. if you had a wave pool, you can do all sorts of learn-to-surf programs, really build that base up. Um, then on the high-performance side of things, you've just got that repetition that you can't, get in the ocean so all the waves are obviously always different Um, but in a wave pool you can go and get your top athletes there you can have a number of video angles um, for video analysis and you can really train um, some good technique into surfers so huge you know the one in Melbourne I know all the the top surfers in that in that region that they're in that pool a lot Mm. you know and they're really drilling down on technique and it's something that surfing's probably um, shortened in terms of really coaching surfers and drilling down and just to the finer points, you know. Surfers are a little bit number eight wire sometimes. Oh, I think they'll be right up my alley, mate. One, no stingrays. <laughs> so walking out to the, to the wave, I'll be quite happy. And it might keep me afloat because last time I surfed, mate, the ball was too small. I sunk it. Hey, Ben, I heard that yeah. there was, I heard there's a big, um, big shark jumping out of Whanga Bar at the moment. Is that true? Uh, always sharks there, so there's <laughs> lots of bronzies that hang around. Um, we've seen, yeah, I haven't seen one, but I've heard stories of a few jumping out here and there. So, um, yeah, well, they're everywhere. Well, bring on that wave, Paul, eh? How good. <laughs> I'm right for it, mate. Ben Kidding, CEO of New Zealand Surfing, mate. Appreciate you coming on our show. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, guys. Ryan Fox, 56th in the world rankings, a.k.a. He is on fire. He has it firing on all cylinders at the moment. Always huge off the tee, but Ryan Fox, all-round game, is in superb form. And another top five in the weekend season, extremely close to the top 50 in the world, which would mean the start in all majors. He's always up for a chat and out of Ireland where he's getting ready for the Irish Open. Meanwhile, his old man is plotting the downfall of their rugby team. It's all happening over here. 
Uh, Foxy, COVID, stricken, outfit at the moment with the ABs. They should be fine, shouldn't they? I certainly hope so. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be over here on, on the receiving end of a loss on Saturday. I can tell you that. <laughs> so don't we, mate? We think we'll be. They'll be extremely fine. Joe Smith's going in there, and he knows exactly what's going on over in Ireland, mate. But for you, you're running a bit of a clinic at the moment, mate. You must be pretty happy with where you're at. Um, top five, uh, top ten. You've had six in the top ten in the last um, nine outings, mate. So you, you, you're playing extremely well. You must be pretty happy. Yeah, I'm really happy. Everything's going really well, to be honest, um, which is kind of a, a change for me. Mm. I've always had something that hasn't quite worked in the game, and um, you know, the last few weeks especially, it all seems seems to be clicking pretty well, and even if something doesn't work for the day, um, everything else kind of makes up for it, which is nice. And, um, you know, to be in contention almost every week, it feels like, is, is pretty cool, and you know, I would have liked to get over the line a couple well, at least another time this year, but I've still got plenty of chances. Mate, you've you've been there or thereabouts. Um, you've had yeah, a little bit of a heartbreak in one of the playoffs this year, and you're heading back to the Irish Open. We we you know I think you've got uh, you know but a but a few few things to prove over there, mate. How you how's how's the week been building preparation been good? Uh, it's been a long day today. Um, <laughs> and it was a pretty long weekend in Germany actually. I, I was fairly sick over the weekend so just making it through the weekend was oh. uh was a bonus to be honest and um had a long travel day to get here i'm sure you guys have heard there's been plenty of delays around travel at the oh. moment and we've been stuck stuck with them so i think it was a uh, was about a nine hour travel day for a two-hour flight to get to uh the hotel in ireland tonight but uh Nice rest tonight, and I'll be all, all sorted for, for the rest of the week. I've played the golf course before, so it's more about managing energy levels this week than seeing the golf course, which is it's kind of a nice thing to be able to do. Yeah, people don't see that part of it, Foxy, especially you know nine hours um, for a two-hour trip sort of takes its toll on your resilience. What sort of support do you have around you? Um, like, do you take your own t- a nutrition team, your physios? Do you have a, have a support network that you take along with you? Yeah, I've got my uh, my physio travels um, probably about 12 weeks a year. So he was in Munich last week. Um, that always helps. Uh, we've got physio a physio team that travels on tour as well, um, which you know services the whole the whole tour if if need be, and doctors and everything like that. Um, but I've I've got my family here um, at the moment. My in laws are up from New Zealand, and my wife and little one are travelling as well. So. I'm not sure if that's a support network or <laughs> more like making travel a little bit harder, but um, it's good to have them here and um, you know it's, it's, it's sort of a nice distraction. Um, you know, it makes the makes the weeks pretty cool having the family here and makes it a little less about golf in some respects, which you know you, know you need to switch off in, in high level sport at some point. So it's, it's nice to be able to do that during the week. Yeah, nice to have that balance here, mate. Uh, doing the father duties, no doubt. Uh, any time for fishing? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Apparently, there's some fishing on site here this week at um, Mount Juliet. We were at in uh, Kilkenny in Ireland. So, uh, I've, my family's in Dublin for a couple of nights doing some sightseeing. So, I might sneak out there by myself tomorrow <laughs> afternoon and, and try catch a trout or something. Nice, mate. You'll be missing it, no doubt. Hey, um, just just I asked you about the majors, mate. I know you've been playing extremely well throughout the year. The DP World Tour. Uh, like we said, you've been consistently good. The majors, they're different. 
they're different. I feel like you're, you're so close to having it all click at the major. What's the biggest difference for playing a major compared to your traditional just DP World Tour or, or European Tour setup? Just the golf course, to be honest. I mean, well, not just the golf course, but the golf courses are much harder mm. generally um, than what we play week in, week out. Uh, the penalty for for missing a shot, um, especially the ones of the states, you know, the PGA um, is getting set up more and more like a US Open now, and the US Open's always been a bloody hard test of golf. Um, so it's, it's yeah, you've just you've got to be really, really on, and then obviously you add in the atmosphere. It's you know, there's fifty thousand people out there a day. It's it's a bit of a different experience, and um, unfortunately, sort of the one bad round I've had in the last little while was at the, the last round of the PGA. I felt like I was playing really well that week and just had a round on Sunday that didn't quite work and played my way out of it, where you know, if I'd have gone the other way, I could have. I, I had an outside chance of winning that tournament. And unfortunately, at the US Open a couple of weeks ago, um, I just got the wrong side of the draw and had three bad holes in the middle of my first round and mm. dropped three shots and missed the cut by two. And it doesn't take much. And... Um, yeah, I feel like I am really close in those big events, and um, hopefully St Andrews is my go this year. I really like that that golf course, and I'm looking forward to getting there in a few weeks. Oh yes, yeah, that's what we want to hear, um, Foxy. Just you know, from a obviously you think about New Zealand quite a lot, and and home, and you're up there playing. Does that come into your your mind when you're going well, um, thinking about you know what Michael Campbell? achieved when he won that big tournament and what your dad did like any sporting moments or anything that you reflect on not really to be honest I mean I've sort of got to the point now on the golf course where all I'm trying to do is beat the golf course um, <laughs> you know, obviously you know you think about that stuff outside of you know the golf course and you go well this is you know pretty cool to be able to do what I'm doing and you know, have dad represent New Zealand in a completely different way and, you know, to follow in the footsteps of Cambo and, you know, Bob Charles, Greg Turner, Nobolo, those kind of guys, um, you know, the guys that I kind of idolised growing up. But you know, when you're out on the golf course, it's, it's more about just make sure you beat that golf course and mm. not really worry about who else is doing anything that day. If, if you go, I feel like if I go out and play as well as I can and you know, control what I can control, which is being the golf course. Then I've got every chance of, of being in contention, and that seems to be working pretty well the last few weeks. You, I know you're Foxy. You're, you're a bit of a relaxed kind of guy, mate. But you surely must have some sort of routine. Are you, are you really superstitious about anything? I'm not. Um, I mean, <laughs> as you know, my old man was pretty. Pretty. I know where that was going. Yeah. The old man used to be. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a fine line between routine and superstition. Yeah. And routine is very, very important in sport. Mm. Um, you know, I like I do the same thing before I hit every shot. You know, my routine my routine's fast, but it's the same. Yeah. Um probably the only thing that would be slightly superstitious and I don't it, it's not really even superstitious is I I play ones in round one, twos in round two, threes in round three, fours in round four. But I figure that's just the easiest way to to get through a box of balls. So okay. I go through sort of five or six balls balls around. So I just know if I use all the ones and then if I need to hit a provisional for any means, I just go, I can go straight and get a different number. Um, and that kind of makes it easier. But I don't, I use the same marker kind of thing. Um, but I don't have, you know, I don't have to have 
certain amount of teas in my pocket or, you know, Nadal making sure the, <laughs> the uh, labels on the water bottle are the, are the right way around. I mean, there's there's some guys that are, that are really superstitious, you know, will only wear, you know, have lucky shirts and won't use a, a certain number golf ball and stuff like that. But I'm not one of those guys. You don't have a shirt for Sunday at St Andrews, mate, and a nice little highlighted pink or something that will just stand out like a little bit of a Tiger Woods red. <laughs> I like to wear all black on Sunday, but nice. I definitely don't do it if it's uh, if it's thirty degrees. <laughs> hey, Foxy, been up there in Ireland too. What's it like, mate, with uh, the the rugby coming up this weekend? And uh, is there is is a town painted green? Um, I haven't really noticed, to be honest, but I think there'll be a bit of a a buzz around it. I've only literally been in a hotel for about 10 minutes, so I'll get a bit more of a feel on the ground tomorrow, no doubt. Um, I just hope we get we get it done because I yeah, yeah I don't want to deal with the, the fallout on Saturday if, if we happen to lose at Fortress Eden Park. Oh, imagine that. Foxy's trying to just stay alive in the Irish Open and they're just parting you out, heckling you from left, right and centre, mate. They're, they're pretty... Uh, pretty... <laughs> Pretty It'll vocal Shane, fans. Shane Lowry. Oh. Shane Lowry will be the one. Yeah. He will be the one. That, he will be unbearable. <laughs> unbearable. Oh, I can only. So, yeah, I'm, I, I need to. I need to. Oh, I, I'm quite looking forward to gloating if we do win on Saturday. But yeah. I'm going to be staying as far away from him as possible if it goes the other way. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Hey, but quickly before we, we let you go, there's uh be remiss of us not to ask you this question. There's lots going on in the LOV, mate. Everyone's moving over. I think Matt Wolf's going over. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean it <laughs> It's it's absurd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know what else to mm. make of it. And I've got some mates that have gone and I completely understand their thinking behind it. I mean, a lot of the guys that I know that have gone are in their 40s and kind of on their way out and yep. willing to take a risk for a big payday. I'm not sure how it works going forward. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not. I don't think it's a good look what they're doing, trying to buy a game of golf. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not you know buying a football team like they did for Newcastle and being part of a bigger system it's you know by all accounts i've offered pretty much everyone who's anyone in golf uh, a sum of money or a contract or whatever to come over so it's i think that's what the big big issue is around it and i think the hard thing too is no one knows what's real and what's not at the moment and that's even from our point of view is there space Um, for both of them is there space for all bodies to be a part of this going forward or or have they just gone a bit too far (laughs) LRV. Well, there is, mm. but not under the format that they want to run. Yeah. Um, you know, if they want to run 14 events or whatever they want to do next year, then no, there's not. There might be room for five or six, mm. potentially. Um, and, you know, if they'd have come in with a completely different play and gone, you know, we want to resurrect the, the WGCs or something like that, obviously, you know, they're used to be four or five WGCs. I think there's only the, only the match play going ahead this year. So, you know, if that had come in and said, yeah, we want to do that, and say Aramco, who obviously are big into Formula One and everything like that, if they'd have gone, yep, we want Aramco to sponsor one and Liv to sponsor another or whatever, I don't think there would have been as big a fuss about it and mm. it would have potentially 
worked fine, but you know, they're obviously doing what they're doing, and that's what the big fuss is about at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of fuss going on, mate. It's um, yeah, it's interesting seeing every day new new players are, are making the switch, which is uh, well. Pretty bit of a shambles, really. I uh, can't believe what I'm seeing. But anyway, mate, we appreciate you coming on the show. Foxy, I can hear in your voice you need to rest up and get ready for the Irish Open and do one over those Irish over there, mate, and we'll do our job back here in NZ, eh? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. S-E-N-Z. Ryan Fox, in no uncertain terms, LIV Golf is disruptive and not the way forward. Bang, he is such an eloquent man when he gets on the mic and his golf game at the moment, Daggy, he's um, just superb. So for all of the reasons why we wanted him on the show, it's always great to get him. He's just such a good chat. He's He's such a good chat. Great chat. And he's confident. He's confident with his game. He just spoke about the majors. They're different. Like The rough, you just miss it by an inch. It is difficult. The rough that was at Country Club uh, for the US Open was diabolical, mate. You saw Rory uh, McIlroy get, taking four shots to get out of there. So the, the the majors are different, but he's he's confident. I'm confident for, for him at St Andrews. If there's ever a chance for Foxy to do well, a couple of years ago he was there or thereabouts at, at St Andrews for the for the Open. So he'll have confidence. I think he's about 56 on the world rankings, which is so high if you think about it, for a guy who spends all his time on the European tour. Wow. What an effort. And uh, his dad. Well, I wonder how much Grant Fox has got to do with the the All Blacks this week. I'm sure they'll be pulling on as any IP they can to rally around this team while they go through COVID. we got Kez in the studio. You're the biggest netball fan I know, mate. And yesterday, when the Commonwealth Games Silver Ferns squad was named, wow. It just, it was a rainfall, a snowfall, a barrage of people disappointed and shocked, to be honest. Yeah, well, I was I was actually the same. I was quite shocked uh, with Dame Knowles' team. I wasn't quite too sure when uh, when it was going to be announced. So I was sitting there and I, I made my own team. Uh, and I've been doing that over the last month. And just to add to how tough it is for Dame Knowles, I've changed my team every single day since I made it. It's just, we are so blessed in New Zealand, with uh, with just we've just so stacked in every single uh, third of the court. Um, yeah, four years ago when we last went to the games, it was the first time that we didn't medal. Um, so there's sort of been that underlying pressure uh, for Dame Knowles and Deb Fuller to to revamp and, and come back this time round and uh, and actually medal. Um, I was yeah, like I said, quite shocked, and I was looking at quite a lot of the. Uh, Twitter posts and mm. even news stories of just people talking about the players that weren't there. Um, but it is a really, really sh- strong team overall. There's just a few very, very questionable uh, choices, like Sam Winders, mm. uh, obviously Magic captain, Silver Ferns captain. She's yep. captained the, the Ferns three or four times uh, in the last year, um, and she was actually the Silver Fern of the year. Now, she's not even made the team nor the reserves. So that's 15 to 16 players ahead of Sam Winders. That was just one. Tiana Maturo, another mentionable one. Uh, Ali Timu, arguably the second best defender in the ANZ Premiership this year. Um, but what, what we have to do is we really have to take a step back and look at international netball as a whole. It's such a different game to what we see uh, in New Zealand with the ANZ Premiership. Yeah. I mean, in New Zealand we don't necessarily watch so much Suncorp or Vitali, which are Australian and England competitions respectively but international netball was just such a physically de- physically demanding game sorry 
that uh, Dame Knowles has picked a team based on that. Yeah. So we all know how hard Dame Knowles goes on her fitness testing. Uh, that was obviously a huge factor in picking this team. Um, but to me, the reason Sam Winders was left out is purely because of her height. Mm. Now that, that may come as a shock, but you look at players like Pets Toyava as well, who's a, a, a mystic's hero. Yeah. You know, she's arguably one of the greatest players in the ANZ Premiership. Uh, as, alongside Sam Winders, but that's just sort of the difference. Playing six games in a week against all these different international teams that we're going to have to come up against, who play a zone-style defence rather than in the ANZ Premiership, a man-on-man marking, uh, yeah, it's it's such a different game because uh, Peter Toyava and Sam Winders, they like to use their speed to get past these players and free themselves up to get in the positions to open up the shooting circle. But in the international game, you can't necessarily do that just because there's so much more physicality uh, and there's a zone-style defence. So they mark an area on the court more so than the players individually, uh, and that's where we see Is this a flow-on effect from what the, the, we saw in the English series? Definitely. Yeah. Because we all know D- Dame Noel, she's she loves to just be unexpected, mm. and that's what she wants from this team. She didn't want it to be, OK, we can already predict who's going to be in the Silver Ferns. Kayla Johnson. Mm. I mean, I've like like Louis said, I'm a, I'm a huge netball fan. I watched almost every Premiership game this year. If I had to go based on Premiership, I don't think Kayla Johnson would have made the reserves mm. um, for my team. She's obviously just come back from netball, had a baby, um, and she's she missed last year uh, the last Commonwealth Games with a knee injury, mm. and now uh, she's still struggling from that knee injury now. So it's just that I think Kayla Johnson, the reason why she was selected, Kate Heffernan. Uh, a young steel defender. Her mother was a silver fern. Um, she's going to be playing wing defence. So I think the idea is Kayla is going to be sliding between wing defence and goal defence, and that was a question that a lot of people had. Do you, do you think, like, the cricket... You know, we spoke about it the other day, like the cricketers are giving their players and managing their players um, time on and off the court that Dame Nolene has basically said, look, I've got those players that I know, you know, that can do the job for me, and we're four months out from um, the com, com games. I need to give some other girls time in that black, um, that black skirt. Do you think that maybe that's the, 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 the tact here? Absolutely. So we've we've got the Cadbury series coming up, which is where uh, we the Silver Ferns, when I say we, uh, the Silver Ferns will play a New Zealand A team mm. and obviously the men's uh, New Zealand there's team. There's a mixed team too in there. Yeah, and there's now, now a mixed team as well, which is making the Cadbury series even more exciting and giving Dame Knowles that sort of opportunity, like you're saying, Kempe, to test out these players and test out these connections and combinations that she has that we haven't even seen as a nation yet. So that Cadbury series to me is going to be really decisive. Another one, Grace Wickey, mm. obviously uh, the, the star of of the ANZ Premiership and, the, and I've said a couple times the LeBron James of yeah. netball um, she's she had a little asterisk next to her name uh, in the team sheet yesterday and that's because obviously she missed the end half of the ANZ Premiership last year with an ankle injury um, so she didn't actually get to, to partake in the trials um, due to that injury so she needs to get physical clearance which she will mm-hmm. but if she doesn't that's where we can see Either ex another ex Silver Ferns captain Amelia Ann Ekanasio will come into the side, or a young Pulse vice captain who's just won the ANZ Premiership, Tiana Maturo, mm. to enter as well. So that's when I say we're so lucky and mm. we're so blessed with the amount of players that we have in the in the country, just because of reasons like that. Anyone can be so. Let's not replaced. panic. 
Definitely and, and Dane not. we trust. Eh? And, and Dane we trust. I saw uh, she was quoted saying she went psychotic trying to pick this squad because it was mm. so hard to do and it was so difficult. But, Kez, just before we shoot off, can you give us the two or three omissions that people were shocked about and the two or three inclusions, just to sum it up for the everybody. What, what were the headlines, just quickly? All right, I think... Kayla Johnson mm. uh, returning to the Silver Ferns is definitely uh, a huge one. Kate Heffernan, for me, was another surprise. There's so many other defenders. Maddie Gordon, just mm. for etc., missed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alia Dunn, um, I, th- I, I, I understand why she's not in the team. She did lead the ANZ Premiership in our percentage and goals scored, but it just wouldn't be the right fit just due um, just to the physicality and the team that Knowles picked. Um, and I'd have to say Sam Winders, mm. not not even making the reserves. And that's just something that, that I still haven't wrapped my head around, but I'm sure that we will as time goes on. But I will just finish by saying you never expect the unexpected for the Silver Ferns. In Dame Knowles, we trust all the way. Like Kempi said a few weeks ago, the best New Zealand coach. Love it. Seven yeah, away from Hey boys, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.